The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, you heard it here on 6.30, Chad, that in an effort to keep money in the province, AGLC has unveiled a new online gaming site. Uh, it's believed that PlayAlberta.ca will generate $3.7 million for the province next year. It will be open to anyone over 18 within the province's boundaries. And AGLC says it is a responsible way to repatriate money, which is now being spent on offshore websites. Now, Alberta Gaming Liquor and Cannabis Officials... Um, think that in the years to come, it will generate uh, much more than, you know, the $3 million for the next f- fiscal year. They're thinking it's going to, you know, keep a lot of money right here in the province. Chief Operating Officer Niaz uh, Nizad says the site is secure. And responsible. Play Alberta fully complies with the proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act, as well as other guidelines published by FinTrack. Similar to what happens now in land-based Alberta casinos and racing entertainment centers, deposits and withdrawals will be subject to anti-money laundering reviews. The agency says it will stress responsible gambling through GameSense. Players can access information on the games, the rules and odds of winning. They can set limits for themselves and if they feel it's necessary, they can use a self-exclusion program. But of course, there are being concerns raised, including from you right here on the text line yesterday. So let's talk about this a little bit more. Joining us this afternoon is Eve Limbrick-Oldfield, a researcher at the University of British Columbia who focuses specifically on the psychology of gambling, statistical methodology, and brain imaging. Eve, welcome to 630 Chad. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, Eve, I want to start by this. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you is because I had a a text from a listener yesterday that said, as a 15-year-plus recovering addict, I was concerned about this announcement about online gambling. Um, Do you think that this is something that we need to be concerned about? I think concerns are definitely natural and understandable. And, you know, I don't have a magic answer as to whether or not it's a a good or a bad thing. There are advantages, like the regulation is an advantage, but then Mm -hmm. it does make uh, gambling more um, in in the public mind. It makes it more of an acceptable thing to do. And we know that that increases the amount people gamble. I'm wondering if through your research, if you have found that um, that when it comes to, for example, online gambling compared to uh, land-based gambling, like going to a casino, um, with having the online gambling, yeah, does it make it um, easier for people who have uh, an addiction to, to, to fuel that addiction? I mean, to, to just to stay home and maybe, you know, in their office to, to access it and, and um, you know, how does that play into it? I think that uh, it is very accessible. That's the, the primary concern that people could be in bed and they could be gambling uh, at any time of the day or night. Uh, here in British Columbia, we know that the amount of money that the revenue from Play Now, which is our British Columbian mm-hmm. equivalent, is much less than the land-based casinos. So we do mm-hmm. know that it's probably... Uh, a worry, but how much of a worry it is, is is um, an unanswered question. 
I, I guess uh, at the end of it all, if someone is looking, for, if someone is looking to gamble online, they're going to find it. Doesn't matter if the province is providing the website or if it's uh, an uh, an offshore website, right? They're going to find it if they're determined enough. Absolutely, I think that's the main point. That uh, without having a, uh, a, a a way to gamble within the province online people will go to the unregulated offshore sites and and we know that you know less people are going to go to the offshore sites with this new site but we don't know how much uh, it will actually change so for example here in mm. british columbia we know how much money um, is generated through play now but we don't know how much money is being spent by british columbians still on those um, yeah. offshore casinos Interesting. Can you um, can you help me? I guess just get into it a little bit more when it comes to online uh, or just gambling. I guess in in general, when it with the, and addictions. This is this is your background. Is is gambling addiction any different than an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction? And if so, how? Yeah, it's a very good question. It's something um, a lot of people have been looking at for some time now. And um, as is often the way with my answers, you know, there are some ways where it's similar and some ways where it's different. So we know that people can get withdrawal from gambling. We know that they can gamble more to try and get the same feeling of excitement. And these are all things that you would recognize being true for alcohol or substance use disorders. Um, but there is no external substance. This is all based on behaviour, and so there are differences in um, who uh, in ha- who might develop gambling disorder and, and how it develops. I, I was reading on online today, and um, it 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 said that it's classed as an impulse control disorder. That gambling is not a financial problem, but an emotional problem that has financial consequences. Is that is that a fair description? Uh, sorry, it's an emotional problem. Is that the question? It said, you know, it is classed as an impulse control uh, disorder. Gambling is not a financial problem, but an emotional problem that has financial consequences. And I ask you, is that a fair description? I think um, it's actually uh, been reclassified. The technicalities behind it um, mean that it's now uh, technically an addiction, not an impulse Mm. control disorder. And I think it's fair to think of it as you would think of it with something like um, alcohol addiction. There are... um, factors that um, will keep people going back to the gambling and keep losing money even though they are knowing that they're going to lose and the factors that are driving them are are often um, emotional so for example uh, escaping negative feelings uh, or uh, it's usually and so the motivation usually isn't to win the motivation is often to sort of zone out so is there something that can trigger um, a, a gambling addiction or does it occur over time? There are um, lots of different pathways to gambling yeah. disorder. Uh, some will take um, a longer time, so you might gamble safely for some time and then it might escalate. Other people will, will do what we call telescope through the initial phase much quicker and will become problematic gambling from a very early stage in their gambling. 
Interesting. Okay. And um, in, in in treatment, how how is it just removing yourself? from the from from the casinos is it removing yourself from the online gaming and 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 i'm guessing that there's support groups all of that sort of stuff i honestly don't i honestly know very little about this yeah and and that's why i enjoy speaking to you and and other (laughs) people about this because it's a problem which a lot of people don't really realize exists or um don't know a lot about so is there when when you look at the differences between people who just like to go gamble and people who who become um, addicted to to gambling who become you know this becomes uh, consuming for them what are the major differences yeah that's you know that's a, a really good question we know that um, even before someone starts gambling, there's certain factors that might put them at risk for developing um, gambling disorder. So, for example, impulsivity, the the desire, the, the when you do things without thinking them through properly, um, people with impulsivity um, might be more likely to develop gambling disorder. But there are so many factors. There's, there's genetics, there's... Mm-hmm. Um, childhood environment there is the immediate environment in terms in terms of what gambling is available and all these things mixed together in some way to uh, lead to a person developing gambling disorder it's interesting i was just reading you know earlier a little bit about you know some of the research that you're doing and it says um you know, you're hoping to understand how decision-making can differ between those people who gamble within their limits and those that develop a, a problem. Have you have you learned anything about that? Yeah, so what, some of the research we do asks people to make decisions which don't really look anything like gambling. They are financial mm. decisions, but it's nothing like a slot machine. It's very, it's very plain, simple, uh, repetitive decision-making task. And we know that when... Um, what we healthy control participants do this task for us uh, they're driven by the information that's given to them on the screen so how much they could win and the probability of this win and uh, we know that people with gambling disorder don't pay as much attention to, to that information and instead they, they look at irrelevant information like whether they just won or lost which bears mm. no um, consequence on the current situation. So they're using much more irrelevant information, which you can well imagine someone doing um, if they've just played uh, a slot machine and they've lost, they might carry on to try and win back what they've lost. So Eve, um, you know, having said that, when you look at um, the AGLC announcement, and I'm sure it's the same thing in BC, they have the the, the Play Safe um, program put in limits, talking about setting limits and knowing the odds. Does that really do anything to um, to to slow down someone who is addicted to gambling? It's an excellent question, um, and we we don't really know the answer to that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. If you look at the GameSense website in Alberta, the advice they give is um, very logical. It's you know don't don't play with money that you can't afford to lose, uh, don't play for too long, and don't try and chase your losses. These are all things which make sense, but whether or not that can actually change behaviour, it's really an unknown question at the moment. 
You know, it's 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 an interesting conversation whenever addiction comes up on this show, um, Eve, and I, I just have to say, you know, this text just came in. It says, you know, I'm sorry, but if adults choose to gamble, then let them. This is a There's a point in life that you need to let them make their own decisions. But there also is a, you know, there's a point when it's being controlled by something else. And I think, you know, people are still having troubles wrapping their head around addiction, whether it's alcohol, whether it's gaming, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whatever it is, what would you say to that texter? I think uh, the reality is it's somewhere in the middle. So Mm. we have to, people have to have personal responsibility for their actions. And I think that gambling does have to be provided. Um, But we want to make sure that it's done in the safest way possible. And Technology has moved so fast, um, mm-hmm. and the research on the policy is really far behind. And so we really need to catch up and find out which are the safest forms of gambling and which types of gambling might lead people to develop a problem faster. And we just don't know all those answers yet. Well, you work in a, in a fascinating area, Eve. I want to thank you for sharing your insight, your expertise on this. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me. Yeah, take care. That is Eve Limbrick-Oldfield, a researcher at the University of BC who focuses specifically on the psychology of gambling. Interesting stuff.